Welcome to my podcast. (laughs) This is the Jer Show with Jer and friends. Hey, black shirt, gray shirt, and black sweater. How are you guys doing today? Well, as 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 a black shirt, I I personally am doing fantastic. Oh, good to know. That's enough of other people. So uh... I like games like Titsiro. Uh, it's spelled <laughs> it's spelled with a T, which I think is pretty cool because it's like you know it's a bit out there, it's a bit different. It's not like other girls. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Is that do we have that on record? Oh yeah, we have that whole thing recorded. <laughs> oh, that was well, we waited until I hit the the start. Yeah. <laughs> Ian, it. Ian, are you ready for your second intro now? I don't know if you can follow that. <laughs> no, this I, is I think my favorite thing it's, that it's I have his podcast now. Uh, <laughs> Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Welcome to Dancing with the Bards. Uh, the Jer Show, sorry. It's Jer with Show Jer Edition. Dancing with the Bards, Jer Show Edition. Jer Show Edition. I am the Bards and I am dancing. <laughs> you need to give your... the rest of your review, like tap dancing up up there. Sometimes we like to tap. So that's an anti Donna reference. Ignore me. As for the friends, I'm Ian, a co host, joined by Will. Hello. And Brooke. Howdy. And our guest uh, hat slash uh, main host is uh, Jer. Jer, how you doing? I have very specific conditions when I agree to be on a podcast. Oh, yeah. I mean, also, he, hello, everybody. Hello. He's actually currently on a mini elephant. Yeah. I have a crown that I made them make for me. Like, they had to, like, melt down the iron and copper. It was a whole thing. God, he made you make a crown. I just had to eat all the red M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> you guys each got tasks that were specific to your skill set and how I feel about you as people. I'm so sorry, Ian. I did not know that, uh, oof, did not know you were allergic to that. So sorry. I I, I am honestly lost. How was everyone's uh, new year? I honestly killed Ian I tried to go, so I am of legal age. It was the weekend. I just have to say that for, for business reasons. Um, but I tried to go to a bar for New Year's Eve at 11 o'clock and it was closed. Like, no one in the parking lot closed. Brooke, you're 12 years old. Why would they let you into a bar? <laughs> they, they saw her walk up and they just turned the lights off and <laughs> locked the door. Oh, it felt like that, man. I was so mad. I literally, like, I bought a dress. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be an adult. I'm going to go to a bar. And then I went home and danced with my cat at midnight because Brooke, that's all I could do. Everybody like in the bar room. knew that if you walked in, you'd show the bump in your great dress. It so they could dress. not let that happen. It was such so a So they did dress. that thing where they all went quiet inside. They're like, everybody, shh, everybody, shh, shh. And then you walked away like the main character you are to live better days without their sorry asses. <laughs> the, only thing also, that was on, dress, sure. the only thing that was on that door was a sign saying missing cat and owner. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Classic New Year's. For uh, anyone who is listening, Jer, we haven't heard from you since April. How are you doing? We don't need to get into that. I'm, do- <laughs> I'm doing as well as I can, guys. Right, cool. uh, you yeah. know, I'm pushing through. I'm happy to be here with you guys. Jer, how do you feel about spiritually enlightening your dragons? Personally... I feel that everybody should be legally mandated to do it, but that causes a whole political discussion about free rights, and, you know. But personally, I think everybody should be legally mandated and forced by force if they need to to spiritually enlighten their dragons. Then you must love our current game for this month. I do, Soro. I do. 
It's it's about that thing you said. Yeah, that that tesoro as you said earlier. Tesoro. It's like chia. Tesoro is a tile placement game designed by Tom McMurchy and published by Calliope Games in 2005. You have a 6x6 grid, and the goal is to make a path for your dragon that doesn't lead off the board or into each other, and to be the last one in the game. To reach spiritual enlightenment. Ideally. You really feel it when you win. You can really feel the do. spiritual It does, it does feel terrible when you lose. <laughs> it does lead to I wouldn't know. I won both times. <laughs> I will stab you with a pencil, Get sir. Get out. You think this podcast is about winning games? You don't understand anything. No, it's it's about making friends. It's it's weird for me because the last two times I played this before the podcast, I won both times, and and I lost both times pretty quickly. I will, yeah. it's one of those it's games fine. that is so casual and casually designed that it cannot be played competitively. I would also say it's one of those games that you really can't understand until you see it. Like your explanation means nothing if well, you haven't seen this game in action. It's very we didn't get to, to peek into the rule book. I'd be interested if it was just as so like we covered Munchkin last and we all know how I feel about that. Um but I heard you liked it. I heard it was your favorite game and it got the But I'm only friends with liars. I heard the right, thing Ian? you liked more than Munchkin was Spyfall. <laughs> I love um, Spyfall. Can we play Spyfall right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on the moon. <laughs> um, so, but with Munchkin, it was like it was com- it was complicated by the way they described it, but not by the way it was executed. Mm-hmm. And we did not get to see that in this rule book, just because uh, we. Because I'm fucking terrible. I wasn't gonna call you out. It's not that you're terrible. It's, it's my just copy of that, Sorrow, and I. Yeah, no, it's just it's just that you play this game a lot, and I'm sure it just got lost in the shuffle because you really like well, this game. Also, who needs to a, who needs a rule book for Sorrow after you learn how to play? It's one of the easiest games, not only to understand and play, but to explain. It is, as long as you can show people how, you can explain it in like 30 seconds. Uh, I said this during the stream, but it is easily the game I've had the most success with getting people to play if they've never played a tabletop game. Fair. There is also, uh, on the side of the box, all you need to know, which is the (laughs) age range, the timetable, and our first category, number of players... Oh, that was a terrible hoot. I don't know what happened to my voice there. Can you tell it's the first week back from break? (laughs) So, uh, for number of players, I gave this a two. What the fuck? I know, right? What is your expectation? Uh, Eight players isn't enough? No, no, it's not that it's enough. Eight players is too much. Yeah. And two players is, quite frankly, doesn't seem like enough. See, See, I could see two more than eight. Yeah. Well, just to tie into to what you're saying, Jeremy, you even admitted that this is one of those games that does start to slow down the more people you add because of all the decisions. It becomes more of a party game once you reach six or more people. But I still think it works really well. I would agree that two and three are eh, but I actually think uh, four to eight players is pretty fun all the way around. Okay. I just... Maybe it's just me personally, but eight is a lot it just uh, get, for it, me to keep in, see, you in my head. It, again, it's one of those games that's designed to be casual because you can't take it too seriously. With eight players, so much of it is just luck and nonsense that yeah. it really is just, it becomes such a just fun, chill thing where you're just going around playing things. And I, and I don't think it's to its detriment, but that is something to take into account. I did dock at half a point for that. Um, for what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, for what? 
Uh, well, because the the whole strategy of the game changes yeah. after six oh, players. Oh yes, yes. I'm just I'm just teasing you because you just gave the blank look of what. Oh, do you I mean? had no fucking idea what he was talking about. I was like, what? <laughs> so uh, my my other thing, I actually find players... it one of the biggest strengths of the game. I've, have you guys ever played Sora with eight people? No, no had, that's why I, 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 I would uh, of the sea. I think with like eight, six to eight people. I find Sora with eight people extremely fun. Well, that's why honest. we have the rubric and different people on the yeah. show. That's the best part. Because yeah. now you have somebody who's right. <laughs> so when you guys are all wrong, at least I'm right. It is the Jer show. But the yeah, uh, it is. Uh, I am legally mandated <laughs> to be right. The only score that matters. I gave it a Jer out of Jer. <laughs> so I will on. say for the eight player section, uh, one thing that I did notice because we played you and me on like uh, the tables at, at our old game store, oh. uh, sure, so many years ago. And one of the things I hate with the the eight player games, especially when you have to constantly edit the board. Is you're reaching over people all the time. Yeah, we're we're we were kind of getting a little crowded a little bit towards four players at this table size with eight people. Yeah. I I would be in social panic mode. <laughs> Fair. You'd have to be very close to these friends. I'd yeah. be like, do I smell okay? Do I? <laughs> no. <laughs> False. I well, if you're at the game club, that doesn't matter as much. Let's be honest. It matters to some people. It does. Yes. False. But... <laughs> But like to be to be banned for excessive body odor is is definitely a high bar. True. Uh, so inclusivity, I gave it a three. Yeah, like three. this Same. was. I even disagree with the fact that this could be played by people younger than eight. Oh, like yeah. I was talking while we were playing about how this is very much a Candyland feel for me, where it's very intuitive and very as long as you understand logically how steps work, you can play this game without much of an issue. I think you just need one person who is old enough to really understand the game, and then you can play it with really young children, for one sure. One of you needs to be eight. Yes, exactly. <laughs> one of you needs to be able to look at the tiles and understand, okay, the line clearly overlaps, but it goes this way, because you can see the flow yeah. of it. At, at but, like, that's <laughs> it. That's the only part of this that really requires that much. At some point, I feel like the age range is just a matter of the pieces are choking hazards, and <laughs> that's it. I mean, this is pretty big like they might I, be teething hazards i feel like I'll these be honest, are very guys, teethable they look like candy if i was eight i would probably try and i'll be it. honest guys there used to be four more than my eight thumbs <laughs> uh, so I, I see what you're saying one of them was green and i thought it was a mint fair that's fair. why that's why one of them was green. it was pretty oh, good I guess, but I guess, did not you know taste what? like mint you're probably you're right it's probably a choking hazard because of the size of the the, the, pe- the, the pebble the pieces yeah. Yeah. yeah okay that makes sense. But they could easily fix that by putting a hole in the middle. Yeah, totally a guess on my part, by the way. I'm not, no, no, no like, science there. Knowing my, my weird love of packaging, um, yeah, no, it's a, it's that's why. I think it's because Soro has that one tile, and if it says, I hate children, really makes it inappropriate. <laughs> I hate kids. children ages seven you. and under. <laughs> <laughs> if a child is under seven, they suck, and you're like, what is this game? <laughs> All right, so inclusivity, I feel like, is a slam dunk. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. There's not a whole lot here. There's no t- tiny text to read. I, I would argue this is anything. one of the most ex- accessible games because unless you have something that really makes it harder for you to tell lines apart, I mean, maybe, you're good. Mm, That's I, the only really skill involved. And you can trace it with the piece. Yeah. Yeah, so it, I, I did, even if you were colorblind, this would work. Like oh, absolutely. The, the, except that was one thing I was thinking about for a second. But yeah, no, the, the contrast is enough that it would the be fine for that, too. The tiles are different and yeah. not yeah. colored. And even, even the pieces. thinking about the pieces, the pieces, like, if you squint at things, you can see the tonal no. contrast between them. Even the tonal That's contrast exactly between the colors. Of. Yeah. That's they weren't, exactly like, what I was bright thinking. colors. They were very muted colors. They were muted, but they were still but different were enough different. in tone. They were very different in shade. 
from my color seeing eyes, I could not see a problem squinting and being able to see the differences. I like it. Going into comprehension, then. Uh, that's another three for me. Oh, yes, oh, it yeah. was. Bone Prob- easy. Possib- this is the one game where I didn't need my favorite little cheat sheets. That might be this game's greatest strength, in my opinion. Oh, it's so easy to learn. It's so easy to learn, and it's just as fun when you... It's not one of those games where, like, when you learn it for the first few games, it's not even close to as fun. You really get to the point where it's as fun as it, it, it can be pretty quickly. When you described to me the game uh, when you first came over here, Jeremy, uh, and you said it was just making lines, I I was like, okay, cool, all right, and... and no idea what you meant by that and you were right it is literally just making lines yeah he did not lie <laughs> i knew how to play the game immediately from just that one sentence hell yeah <laughs> from now on when i teach people sore i'm gonna go it's it's just making lines and that's gonna be my entire explanation <laughs> fantastic see how they figure it out moving into availability then this is what started the downfall on my sheet. The downfall. The downfall on my sheet. Great so, downfall. I'm not going to say this game is hard to find. If you go to like a local game store or you look online, you can definitely find it. Yeah. But compared to some other games we've had on here where like you can go to Target or Walmart and you're like, oh, there's like 30 of these. Or it's, it's not quite that accessible. The, the inconsistent pricing. I know that's down for price, but inconsistent, inconsistent pricing to me is a sign that is not available enough so when it becomes inconsistent that means there's sometimes scarcity of finding it which worries me i i do think that a lot of this is unfortunately to the game just not being a game that really clicks and also a game from 2005 but also like (laughs) you know you see risk it's war you see Candyland, it's a board game where, where you're doing stuff with candy you see sorrow it's spiritual dragons on a board with lines. I, I just don't think the aesthetic decisions of Soro really do it any favors of making it like a really memorable, easy to remember game. When I say Soro, nobody remembers what I'm talking about, even if they've played Soro. Well, it's very traditional artwork on the box and yeah. even inside. Although this weird, the Phoenix is weird for a dragon-based game. I, I would say point. the aesthetic feels more like a more in-depth tabletop game that would be harder to find. Yeah. But the actual design of the game feels like something you should be able to find in like a Walmart. I will say, I I do remember when... Um, so Phoenix Rising, uh, that we'll go into that a little later, the name I was the, uh, the newest one that came out in 2019. I do remember seeing some copies of that around. When it came around that time, I didn't really pay too much attention to it because my knowledge of Sorrow at that time began and ended with Sorrow of the Sea. I thought that was it. <laughs> but looking back on it now, I, it was available shortly when it came out and then I didn't see any more. That doesn't sound that different. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just common commenting on it. Yeah. No, no, that, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I understand why it wouldn't have made that much of a splash. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound like it was that interesting compared to Sorrow. But uh, yeah, availability could could do better, especially for a game that's so easy to right? to get. You would there's think also, that it'd be a lot more popular. There's Brooke also not a, mo- a lot of moving pieces to this too. Brooke brought up why that there should be a travel version of this game. Why is there not a travel? I am making a travel version. I'm going to talk about that next. Why is the only copy of this game in a normal size tabletop game <laughs> box when you could easily get away with like a bananagram thing, but or like, it's just like a a kit, a packet? Mm-hmm. Oh, Speaking yeah. of materials too, like. I- you say you bring this around a lot. By bringing it around a lot, do you mean you're like throwing it in the back of cars or like what are you? How are you bringing this places? 
It's it's a, I just I just need to know this. It's in a bag story. with other tabletop games. Okay, no, because I'm saying like I'm I'm trying to see because the box seems like it's well constructed. You've said you had it for about three years. There's way like, longer. Way longer than that? okay. Then this is it looks good quality for me. Like the oh, I would say so. This the, is uh, one of the first games I ever got. Yeah, so the card quality was great. Mm-hmm. It was thick enough. There was no bending of anything. The board wasn't bent at all, really. They're really the tiles, yeah. especially really nice design. And like, and if you are playing it as much as you say you are, for only a couple of the tiles to be picking up, like that's really good. Yeah, I, I might be overestimating. I don't play tabletop games that much. I've but like, even it if you're around yeah, more than I've played, even which that is, which is like, why the box is beat up at the end. Yeah, but like I'm saying, even even that is a lot of stress on yeah. at the end of the day. What is chipboard? I I <laughs> I, I feel really good about its quality personally i would like a waterproof version though because again this is a very much travel friendly backpack game like the last game we played together so i did we actually move into materials or? i did okay. i did a i did a sneaky sneaky segue yeah i was gonna say nice yeah that was materials though uh Segway. yeah i i gave it a two i i feel like you're right, there really should be kind of more to maybe like something to organize in there a little more yeah, I mean, it didn't fit perfectly. It like, just has one column in the middle. Yeah. It does, but That's being it. that it's such a simple game yeah. and such a simple amount of, um, like, it's only tiles. It, that is it. It really should be a smaller box or a better setup in there. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it. Oh, it's ridiculous. Again, it's just yeah. like one middle, like, opening. There's. It's an average size box. I feel like but... it does need to be that size because of the, the construction of the game board, though. The could, board, definitely. Then you put another fold in the game board. I'm I'm surprised this is very you. true. I'm, I'm, it's just like honestly, you either have to make yeah. it a better, like, a better organizational system or downsize the box size. But then you'd. You, I, and I'm just playing devil's advocate on this one. How would you. How would you be able to do an additional cut in that without making it. And make it, it like a two by two or a. Because it's, it's all set up in a grid. You can fold on the grids. Mm-hmm. Oh, fair, fair, fair. You're right. Like, they uh, set it up to be a travel game and just never did a travel game. Kinda. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, moving into yeah. uh, gameplay, uh, before we get too nitpicky on materials, because we could talk about materials all the time. I wish it is my favorite subject, and, and I've arsenic. contemplated just doing a small section, <laughs> like, <gasps> separate from everything else. Brooks Materials Corner. You don't understand. It would be a half-hour podcast of just me talking about the. It's a sideshow. Yeah, I, honestly, sideshows. I'd love that, bro. I do it with you, bro. If you I've considered sideshows, if you just want to vent about uh, or just go and rant about materials, I'll be on that podcast with you for sure. Okay. Honestly, but we enough about my career. Corner, like right over there, <laughs> just film you while you're talking about things. Oh, and I'm then... livid. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> about yeah. Set up again. One of the thing's greatest strengths. Like oh, wow, yeah. wow, bone easy. Oh yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine any rights about bone easy. Yeah, <laughs> what does that mean? It, it's it's easy as easiest bones. thing possible. <laughs> it's easiest bones. It's the easiest thing possible. This is a normal. You saying. know bones? They're easy. I've even Done. said it like three times in this podcast so far. It's a I, normal saying. Okay, I I just don't call you out on these things, bro. I <laughs> I wouldn't say it's normal. It's Brooke, normal. Why do you think your bones are easy? Well, have you ever had to do anything with your bones? It's usually pretty hard, honestly. <laughs> I have scoliosis. My you bones know, I, are really... T- they're having a I tough time. I have in depth. Like, this is just something that my family's always said. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of bone tired. I've heard of bone dry. <laughs> but I've never heard of bone easy. <laughs> it just is... It's 
it's just there. It's easy. You don't think about it. You have Bone bones. Hard. Welcome also. to the new section of the podcast where we grade Brooke's weird sayings. Look, that I'm could dry. be a podcast. I'm just I, make a lot of sense. My, my family's like, from Chickamauga, Georgia. This could be a whole section of the podcast. I'm just saying, I feel like Bone Hard makes more sense than Bone Soft. Bone easy. Yeah, bone hard <laughs> does actually make more sense. Guys, My can we get back on track? Because we're keeping this in, but like, I feel called out. I'm sorry. It's okay. I just want to know what I, I just want to know personally what I feel comfortable saying after bone, because it sounds like a great little <laughs> trick, and I'm a little jealous that you get to do it. Fair. What, what, you know, what do you want to say after I'm going to start saying bone hard whenever anything is tough. Okay. And everybody's going to deal with it. That's This fine. game, the opposite of bone hard. Bone easy. <laughs> bone soft. <laughs> Bone soft makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know soft why. Soft as bones. I have a calcium deficiency. <laughs> All right. So before we like continue to roast Brooke for this out it's of okay. place saying, uh, I'm desperately to trying to make this play. not about roasting Brooke. It's okay. Moving into rate of play, three points. See. Very fast. Yeah. Uh, goes as fast as you want it to, honestly. Oh, yeah. And this is with us having a conversation. We were able to get through two, mm-hmm. considering doing a third one before dinner. I, I timed out our podcast, uh, or our stream, rather, so that I figured it would be like 15, 20 minutes per game. And I'm like, okay, well, we start at 6.30. We should be done by like 7 tops. Uh, we were done by like 7 or 6.45. Oh, yeah. If you want to see that, go to our YouTube channel. Don't watch it. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> You, you, you Don't do be. it. You look it's great. It's called reverse psychology, Ian. Shit. <laughs> you know what? Don't like and subscribe. I mean, let's not say that. Yeah, no, don't do that. No. <laughs> oh, please like and subscribe. I beg of you. Yeah. Anyways, better, uh, price. I wear a wig. Is... I'll put it on. A dry, whatever you want me to do, <laughs> like and subscribe. I will be on this podcast every week, and I won't even talk. I'll just sit here for you. It wouldn't even be the first time I put on a dress for this podcast. No, it wouldn't be. Can I put on a dress for this podcast? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Next time you come back, we'll do Pretty Pretty Princess. (gasps) I'm always a Pretty Pretty Princess, Brooke. We'll talk about this I found that very hurtful. I think we we said this last time you were around here, too. Yeah, we were going to do Pretty Pretty Princess. I'm consistent, guys. <laughs> you know what? My personality, it is not hard to pin down. Well, no. Now, now, you know, three three times, you, you got to do it's it. Gotta, yeah. Yeah. It's like Beetlejuice. Well, uh, no, no. What was the game you were trying to get us to play earlier? Coup? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you don't Jeremy's get to play True. True. No, no true. Coup. True. No coup for you. No coup. <gasps> but pretty, pretty, pretty princess. princess. But can I be a... But, but if I... If we you are, can throw a coup with your pretty, pretty princess. I was going to say, if we're princesses and we play coup, it's like thematic. <laughs> So, for price, though. I would say being a princess, a little more expensive than you expect. I've seen the Disney Channel movies. Yeah. You have it. I think this is one of the more expensive games for what it is. Like it's material really wise. weird how expensive it is. Yeah. For, for material-wise, I gave it a one and a half. Me because, too. like, for what I get in the box, mind you, there's a very pretty little rice paper thing on top of it. That shows like little bamboo. It's very thematic. That's but, where the half point came uh, from. That's not worth like the ten dollars <laughs> that they upcharged. Honestly, it doesn't seem to serve a purpose. I I it's looked just, at it. It's just it's aesthetic. Just aesthetic. I it, I'm gonna guess that it was to separate the um what do you call it the manual from the game itself, like as a second buffer or something. No, I believe it's always been on the top there. I believe it's supposed to be what you see when you open the box. Oh, so it's just like a, a you keep on bumping. I know. Okay. Uh, 
Don't acknowledge it. Stop <laughs> looking at it. I'm embarrassed. Stop looking. So, uh, so it's, it's a little just, cold in here. <laughs> so it's just supposed to like lead you into the game experience. I think so. Okay. I was trying to figure out a reason, but it's still not ten dollars no. worth. Like I feel like this is a little high for the See, price. See, I gave this two because I would say this game is uh, going back to materials extremely well made. The materials are pretty high quality, which I think it's overpriced, but I don't think, like, if you play this game a bunch, it's not like you're getting robbed. (laughs) Does anyone know off the top of their heads how much Catan is? It's like thirty bucks usually. Yeah, yeah, it's about the same price. Okay, Catan is far larger than this. Far larger, but I'm I'm just trying to, in my head, like, find a dupe for the quality of the cards. Oh, so I'm just in my head thinking like around the price range of the chipboard they use. Yeah, it, I, I would say it's a little overpriced, but I did give it a two. Yeah, I think I, if you played enough, I feel it's very I, I feel agreed, like... but it's just like at a base level entry. I feel like if I had spent this much money on it and then opened the box, I'd be a little disappointed. I gave it a two as well. Uh, I guess I'm just used to being kind of ripped off by board games. <laughs> a, a lot of them what kind a of follow. Reason. Well, they, they do kind of follow that price point of there's like. Unless it's a card game, because those card games are usually twenty five. Yep. The board game is small board games are thirty. Large board games are like sixty to a hundred. Yeah. And that's just how it's always been, and I never questioned it. Look, I'll I'll be honest. I think the thing that separates me from being okay with that is that at the end of the day, the figurines are just rocks. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they had done like actual dragons, like the cool Etsy things we had found. Um, there's a couple like places you can get nice figurines of dragons, or at least well, the SDL files. I'm just a good, uh, good little hobby consumer. <laughs> I uh, don't make enough money to do that. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Fair. I just spent a lot of money on the prize box to uh, get my fifth graders to clean up for me. I pay fifth graders. Don't worry, we won't tell the them, the and they definitely will never find this recorded uh, no. evidence. I'm going to go play. No, they they fully know. I call them jobs. I give them job cards, and they give me the cards back to get the payment in the prize box. That's funny. <laughs> I'm going to go play Sora with all your fifth graders. Oh, they'd love that. Please don't they, do they, that. They love you, but I want to show up. Look, this to game, a fifth grade classroom. Totally off Sora. topic, but this game we always we always talk about donating games. Like if we, we buy a copy, well, the I, bars. I haven't talked about that once. What are you talking about? The bards have always talked about how if we are to this buy this is my show. We've this never, is I've never talked about show, this. Is the Jer show? But in our our normal non Jer universe, there's a non. We, yes, we have a gaming club that's high school based that like we contemplate donating things to when Aww. we buy different games. Um, and we talked about this last time that like Munchkin, we were not comfortable with donating, Mm. but like this game, if I had bought a copy would have gone to that game club because that is very, we we buy copies. We'll do that. Oh yeah. Cause whenever we have extra games, cause we can't keep all these games. I love this so much. (laughs) That's so cool. Everybody, you guys should listen, like, and subscribe to Dancing with the Bards. They're donating all of our Disney. I think their game club president is tired of us. Yeah, probably. (laughs) But you're giving them shit. It's it's someone in our group. Like ah. we, they just are tired of us for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but we do, yeah. So just, I, I just like this. Game. So uh, speaking of price, we talked about availability. We talked about price. We should talk about extras. Mm, this makes me sad. Yeah, it, I, I think it's one. the only one I have on here. Uh, so there are other editions of this game. There's uh, Sorrow of the Seas, which is Sorrow, but you have a sea monster that moves in, in random directions. There's uh, Soro Phoenix Rising, which is you can flip the tiles around because they're double-sided, mm-hmm. and you can rotate them. Uh, and there's rules on how to do that. 
I've only played Zero of the Sea. I talked to Larry, who's been on the podcast a bunch. He's played Phoenix Rising, and he was telling me that uh, he didn't like it because it made it feel a lot more competitive. Okay. It's not a good angle for Soro, I would well, agree. I mean, it does broaden their player I base because there are some people that cannot play a game unless it's competitive. And while yeah. I do give like half points for separate games based on the same thing, I generally don't grade them as like a whole. So mm-hmm. like, they're not really expansions. And I think this game could have expansions, but I... I could see just an expansion of just, like, buying extra game tiles so that you don't have the same experience every time. Like, But there has to be exactly enough to fill the board. But why? Be or well, more detailed pieces. Or a travel edition. I was. You can't see this, but Jeremy's, the wheels are turning. That's a good question. I guess you Because don't. you don't really, like, you can't put more on the board than is physically it available. It the end of the game into a end game scenario where there's less tiles so people are more... Uh, limited, but besides yeah, that, it really have, doesn't have any other. But if you play mechanic. this game a lot, yeah, no, it, having new tiles would help keep this game longevity no. in your. Well, or I, even I, just I, like I, a different deck a, that you could use instead. I actually think in order for this to work, it has to have one less tile than there are uh, number of spaces because you have to have one path that doesn't lead off the board. Uh, if you have, if you have the okay. tiles connected to every spot, then every single path leads off the board. Every time we've ended the game, it ends with the person who's in that one spot that hasn't let off the board. Well, that's also just like you stop common then. sense, though. Yeah, like you, you that's stop just when an, there's a, one spot left. Yeah, even if you would, like, we have the little dragon tile which we didn't use. We you could you could put that like that could be your end game, like a um. And then you I'm just to think of a start game building like, on top of the other tiles until yeah, like, someone else. It's is like when you scream bingo. Like you, instead awesome. of screaming bingo, you can put the yeah. dragon tile. Well, in. that that said. Uh, now, they, if you look in the bo- the box, we talked about how they only have the one column for all the tiles to go into. If you put dividers into there, you could have, like, three different sets of exactly. tiles. Maybe with, like, terrain additions. Like, there's a yeah. lake or something in the way in one of the tiles. I would or... say even just, like, different styles where, like, one of them has a lot of patterns that crisscross. And mm-hmm. one of them's more just patterns that, like, stay in their own areas stay in their own areas and lanes and, like, loop back into themselves. Like, you can come up with, like, uh, decks that just that had different feels to the game, which I think would be really, really cool. Yeah. The, the reason why this is a one is because four smelly nerds in a room have come up with three ideas in the matter of five minutes. Yes. So and they have and they have great additions to the I will tell game. you the exact reason I gave this a two, even though I was considering okay. giving it a one. Because I walked in here and Ian went, here's a sheet from the internet where the people who made this game have three different ways to play this game. And also they once made a Star Wars licensed version of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and between I, those two things, you know what? Those are some sick extras. I, I'm glad you brought that up, Jeremy, because that's the same reason I gave it a two. The extra ways to play, I think, adds great variety. I I wasn't thinking about the different tiles at the time, but that that is definitely something to that it, they could have done. But... I, I really think with the, the the way the game is set up, it it does kind of require a fixed tile. You can't really add expansions. You could theoretically change the board and make it like a different shape or something, and that could be interesting, but that's really all you can do. I think this just means that Ian and I are material girls, and we want physical things instead of rules in the air. Oh yeah, well, I do like my things. <laughs> Don't touch my things! <laughs> But uh, yeah, so the thing with the Star Wars game, I didn't mention it in uh, when we were talking about. We the shouldn't talk about it. Just leave it like that. Just leave them wanting. You more. can't buy it anymore. The uh, it existed briefly uh, according to the the 
publishers, they were talking about it on a YouTube video where they uh, said that you can't buy it because they initially went to publish it uh, when the Star Wars license was up for grabs. Yeah. They managed to publish it in France, and then uh, their Star Wars was like, no, give us that back. And Never so have I wanted to be French more in my life. Anywhere else. So their only editions of this that exist are in French, as far as I know. So I also cool. don't think that's going to be a problem, though, because this game it's doesn't need so words. <laughs> but I have to wonder if that makes it rare or valuable for, like, collectors. Oh, definitely. Star Wars collectors, for sure. Even, even, board, game, even board game collectors. Like, mm. we're trolls. Like we're just little little dragon trolls. I know I'm disgusting. You don't have to rub it that, in. That that want to hoard everything and like this that definitely causes it to have value. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there's a toothpaste that is Star Wars branded. Did you just that say is toothpaste. Toothpaste. I thought you were talking about a board game that was toothpaste. No. It like revolved around teeth. No, that's what I'm gonna create. <laughs> I was like, that's oh, that's what I'm gonna create. Um, but no, there's like a toothpaste that's like Star Wars oh. themed oh. from like yeah, Star Wars South Africa or something that like is super valuable because it was non-licensed but still used licensed. It's a whole awesome. thing. Collectors will collect no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. That's why Funko Pops exist. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, let's not remind each other of that. <laughs> Speaking of Larry. Anyways, <laughs> enjoyment. Who's going to be here next, right? He's going to be on the He's next podcast. Level, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pray for me. So going into enjoyment. <laughs> I, I don't enjoy two. Funko Pops. <laughs> <laughs> I give this a two. Uh, I, I do like this game. After playing two games of it, though, and it only took about like 25 to 30 minutes, I don't think I, I really had a third in me. I had it in me for the purpose of getting, making content. I, I don't think I would have personally gone on for a third game. See, I gave it a three because this very much has the feels of like when my grandma used to play bridge with her friends and where you just sit and talk and do the same things over and over again. And it's just like a, an active outlet. It facilitates while you're conversations. Talking. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like for the ADHD souls that need to fidget while they talk. So it like gives you something to Why do while do you, you talk. Why do you think I like tabletop games in general? Fair. I, I mean... <laughs> no, yeah. literally though, it's th- that's one of the best things about them in my opinion. But yeah, I, I enjoy it. I just, by, by game two, I feel like I'm going through the motions. Yeah. See, uh, one thing... I don't I, find that a bad thing. One thing I, I found like about this game that I find very interesting is it's a game that sometimes clicks and sometimes doesn't. Kind of like a party game in that way. Yeah. Where sometimes I'll break it out and we'll start playing and everybody will be having the greatest time of their goddamn lives. And then sometimes everybody's just like, eh, we're, we're playing. We're having an okay time. It's fine. Oh, we're done? Okay, that's fine. So it's just... It's not that much of a commitment. So I think it's like a really, really, really solid game. But I also gave it a two for enjoyment, just because sometimes it doesn't click the way that uh, other times. Again, kind of like a party game, where sometimes yeah. you break it out and it's just not the vibe. Fair. Uh, as for recommendation, though, I gave it a three. Oh, me too. Me too. Uh, oh, so yeah. easy to play. It's uh, one of the easiest games to recommend. I am, I am so into recommending this that I am going to be making a travel version for myself to throw in a backpack, like by making a cloth game mat. So I, I think I had mentioned uh, before, uh, this is very, just based on your travel thing, they should have like, little pegs or something so you can click the tiles into place. Yeah, that or would definitely... have a board with, like, edges? Yeah. That worked too? Yeah. yeah, just have... And that wouldn't be hard. If they had a board with edges, it would literally just be gluing a piece of cardboard on top of cardboard. <laughs> yeah. Like, easy peasy. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a great game, and people should try it if they have access to it. I wouldn't necessarily say to pay a full price, like for yeah. what it's, whether they're offering thirty three dollars, thirty five dollars. It ranges a lot, but uh, 
if you see it and you have like a party going on, it's it's not bad for what it is. Or if you're trying to get someone comfortable with the uh, concept exactly. of board games, like you said before, it's a very good starter board. It's honestly game set. pretty far from any of my favorite tabletop board games. Like my favorite tabletop game is Coup, and Coup is also not a hard game to teach and yeah. a pretty quick game. And I always want to teach new people Coup. But Koo scares them and Sorrow doesn't. I just don't like Koo, people look at it and they're like, oh, it's a hidden identity. There's a bunch of cards. There's a bunch of roles. Koo ah, gets aggressive. But <laughs> Sorrow, I break it out and they're like, oh, we just follow the lines with our things. I can do that. Mm-hmm. It's such, it's just, it feels accessible and doable in a really, really valuable way. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, play the game. Yeah. yeah. Play it. But replay value... Without the extras, like I think of having different tiles that you can swap in and out, I can see this becoming very formulaic very quickly. Yes. yes. Where it's just, you don't have a lot of creativity left after oh, yeah. using the cards over and over it's, again. It's my it, my main gripe for enjoyment was uh, replay value, so I give it two for that as well. Yeah. See, replay I, value is one of those things. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I gave it a two for what Brooke and Ian were just saying. It's. I, I feel like after four or five games and everyone's seen all of the tiles, it becomes, uh, you said in our second game, after you place the tile, well, the best tile in the game has already been placed. <laughs> there's so a few like, tiles. That... Yeah. yeah. There's like three that the paths are like uniform on every side and it makes things a lot easier sometimes to place. You oh. know what? If we had extra tiles, speaking back to me nerding the room, trying to figure out how to make it work. If you got to pick, like, I don't know, six, what, six times 36? So if you pick 35 cards, I think that's how many there were. Was it six mm-hmm. by six? Yeah. So 35 tiles, like, if you just g- grab them at random and then stack them up, like, you could still have that spot in the middle be. I was trying to think if that would be possible. I couldn't think through if that would work, but I think it would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would. Uh, I would say replay value is one of the things that is most affected, in my experience, by number of players. Okay. When you get to, like, seven or eight players, there's a lot more replay value because... If you think about it, how the tiles are being placed on the board changes drastically. Because when you have four, each tile is only being placed from one of the four dragons. Mm. When you have eight, suddenly tiles are coming in from every direction. Because each of the eight different uh, uh, dragons have tiles spanning out. So it just, it gets, uh, there's a lot more variation and a lot more chaos when you have seven when you have seven or eight players there's a point in the game where every turn you're moving two or three dragons Fair. um so i think there's some of this that's really not affected too much by how many players but replay value i would say uh more players definitely helps with because uh it can get very formulaic as you're saying with less people so going into our sliding scales which are my favorite part um, I, I had to say this, I gave this an innovative too, because it's, it's unlike other maze games I've played. Like I consider this a maze based game where you're following through the lines and you're trying to figure out what matches, but most of the maze based games I've played have been similar to labyrinth where it moves on you and around you and not necessarily like you traveling it, mm-hmm. which was interesting. I, uh, I gave it a classic too. Um, I I feel like um at its core it's it's a very very simple concept of follow the line and move move where you need to go. 
Um, the name escapes me right now, but I've played a game that is, is very similar to this that's been around for a while, where it's essentially... You just Can make you describe lines. it? We might help. You're just making lines. You have like a, a, a punnant grid square, and you're like making lines to com- like move around. Okay, no, sorry. Yeah, I don't could know try that on that one. Yeah, we used I to play it in elementary school all the time. Yeah. I gave it a, a classic three, basically just because it does follow the same structure as a lot of maze games, like you were saying. I guess the the moving the tiles and and uh, placing them yourself aspect is very pretty innovative, um, but it's also just because I'm a geek for maze games. So like I see something different in a maze game and I go ha. Ah. I mean, aside from the fact that you place the tiles and where they go, uh, there's not a lot of difference between like this and the randomness behind something like uh, shoots and ladders, for example. Except instead of a die, you're Why just do getting people keep three <laughs> three, three tiles. Because it's another maze game. Like yeah. it's another. <laughs> Really we've, we've had this come up like three times. I in don't stream. play Soro and think yes, shoots and ladders. <laughs> well, because you have to try and compare it to something, and like shoots and ladders, everyone has played. I guess so. Like they're just trying to think. Oh, what game makes me go in directions that what I don't game? intend? What game makes me go in directions that I don't intend to? Like I don't no. want to go down that shoot. Uh, I give it a one on classic because I actually think. I, I, when I think of this game, I don't think it's specifically classic or innovative. It's not one of the things that strikes out to me about it. It might just have to do with my uh, lack of of knowledge of how the tabletop board game scene and how far they go into maze-like games and stuff, though. Yeah. Uh, but this game just seems, you know, it's what it is. It's it's definitely a little more classic than innovative to me, but it's just a, it's a pretty basic idea, in my opinion, that isn't like the most classic thing in the world, but is has enough going for it that it'll grab your attention. There. That's why I gave it a simple score. Um, yeah, I gave it a simple three. I, I gave, gave it a it, simple two. I gave it a simple three. I gave it a simple three. I thought it was very simple for the same reasons I, I said earlier. Um, I had one sentence as a primer for this, and I knew immediately what I was doing once the board was set up. This is as simple as it gets. I would, I would say probably even simpler than like Go Fish. Honestly, kinda. It's a yeah. game that's just so easy to break out at any event. Oh yeah, which is surprising when you see the box because it does not look like a very accessible game. I, I was a little scared when I yeah. really pulled out the right? box and I was like, you know, I feel asking like, to look at the back. I feel and... like if they re-release this with updated cover artwork, not even changing the actual. So inside bits. I do think the uh, the C version is much better in that respect yeah. because when you see the C version, it's very clear you are ships on a sea, and even if you play it without the sea monster, it just intuitively makes more sense that you are ships on a sea and you don't want to fall off. Yeah, I and just, you don't want to crash into each other. I think and you're like, oh, okay, cool, that makes sense. I think the seriousness of this artwork though makes it seem not accessible to yes. eight year olds. When it is. It makes it seem very... It, it just looks yeah, so it, much Yeah, it looks serious. And it's not a serious game. Well, I mean, it could. it's it's set it's up not, to be zen. Yeah. But, like, I feel like the artwork they put on the cover detracted from... Maybe that's what they're going for. They're going for a, like, a typical zen meditation vibe. But it has more of a vibe of, like, ancient Chinese epics. Like, yeah. But it's, like, it's, dragons and battles. If you put, like, just spitballing... Like a little dragon family doing like Zen gardening or something. Like that would show that it's accessible to multiple ages. A little dragon family doing like little, gardening. I, no, like the Zen. Like no, no. Little, yeah, with the little rake and yeah. stuff. Yeah, no, I love it. But like, it just, I feel like this, it gatekeeps it. Like it makes yeah. it hard to approach yeah. because you're so... Approachable 
It's, it's missing that approachable word. aspect. Yeah. It's accessible, but it's not approachable. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye, Boom. guys. Podcast over. Uh, no, wait. We still have to give our final scores. Yep. You can't run away without <laughs> it's that. It's my podcast, and I decide when it ends. Hey, I'll read it Jer for you, show then. brought to you by Dancing okay. with the Bar. So the Jer Show part is over. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it, it. It turned out to be a 32 out of 42 for me, which surprised me. But like hitting that low on extras really tanked it for me. I ended up giving it a 36 and a half. <laughs> Some half points in there, but... I think it, it scored relatively well in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. This is a, a very fun game. Mm-hmm. Uh, 34 out of 42 for me. So I gave it a 36 out of 42, and I did the math to figure that out, and that's an 85, like, 0.7, which I think is almost exactly correct. Like, I wouldn't say this is top tier or anything that I'm raving about, but it is it is so solidly a very good game that there's no... I. I wouldn't entertain anybody's argument where they're like, actually, Soros overrated. It's so simple and so just good on its merits that, like, yes. If you gave this anything less than, like, a B, I'd be like, come on. But uh, at the same time, I, I definitely, if anybody had given it, like, a 39 or 40, I would have been surprised as well. So uh, yeah. I very much agree with uh, a lot of our scores hovering around, like, the 8 to 9 out of 10. Yeah. It's great for me that it's it's fun and simple. That simplicity is kind of like its biggest detractor for me, mm-hmm. that it's hard to be, uh, to keep playing and for a game to be particularly meaningful. It's great to pass some time. I've never played more than like four or five rounds of this yeah, in a row. Yeah, but it's not something that like I would play regularly unless I was trying to entertain someone for like 10 minutes. Well, I would say um, in my experience, its best value is uh, as not only as an introductory game, but as an opening game. Mm-hmm. Okay. As we're going to play tabletop games tonight before we get into anything too uh, over the top or too much that I have to explain. Let's play some sorrow. A board game palette cleanser. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a good way to describe this. That's a great way to actually use this too. Yeah, uh, is that is that going to be our, our headline? The board game palette cleanser. Sorrow, a board game palette. That almost cleanser. undersells it though, doesn't it? It it's really more does. Than... It it's. I mean, it's. I a... think a palette cleanser is right, but when you say a board game palette cleanser, it sounds like it cleanses your palate of board games not for board games <laughs> well, i would say it does do it for board real games. fancy restaurants is they give you a palate cleanser before you eat it's oh, like yeah. it's like the ginger you're supposed to eat in between sushi yeah this is the ginger of the board game the, they're the smelling salts <laughs> of the board game. yes when you're when you're doing he's when you're resetting smelling, his palate before like, he drinks our okay piss. this is very <laughs> this is this is a very like niche reference that no one's gonna get. Don't worry, mine if you're was looking... just a reference as well. I promise you, I wasn't just talking about drinking piss offhand. <laughs> uh, if you are looking for perfumes, in between perfumes, you smell coffee beans for the same reason. Oh, it yeah, resets no. you. Same at Yankee Candle. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. literally. Uh, I'm, I was referencing an Auntie Donna sketch where they're where to get across resetting your palate. They're doing that exactly, oh, okay. and they literally call it out because you can't tell what they're doing. He's like, "Oh, he's smelling that to reset his palate." Okay, coffee beans. <laughs> yeah, it's not salt. It's coffee beans. All right. Does anyone else have comments? I I think we're pretty good. We touched on everything. Yeah. Um, the comments kind of flew in pretty organically this time around i honestly think an 8.5 out of 10 is perfect but i could not recommend this game enough okay yeah i thought you were going in a different direction (laughs) (laughs) like i wouldn't say it's a 9 out of 10 by any means i'd probably argue with someone if they like really had that opinion strongly but i could not recommend this game more. this is a solid 87 percent. that is a passing grade (laughs) that's way above passing 
I I don't know. I That's was an not... arguably good grade. <laughs> I never got anything that high. I wouldn't know. <laughs> what letter is that? Is that above a D? <laughs> it's a B plus. Oh wow, yeah. that's really up there. Yeah, you're doing pretty well at eighty-seven. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to the Jair Show. If you like what you heard, you can follow us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. You can find us at with Bards on Twitch. And at Dance with the Bards at on Twitter. Oh, and and we have that new thing too. Uh, Mastodon, I am yes. working on. I, uh, you can try and find us there. I feel like it would have to do something with the Bards. It's at with Bards at Crater and that's C R eight R. Okay. If not, I'm sure that Ian will put it somewhere else too. Yes. Uh, we also have, if you go to our twit, our Twitter, sorry, we have a link tree of all of our things. There we go. Fuck See? Yeah, link tree. Ian's on our it. Discord server. Oh, that's right. We do have one of those. We do have one of those. You should come to that. Join us. Join me on the next episode of The Jair Show when I tell you about Joey Fingers and all the wonderful things oh, he no. does with his fingers in my D&D oh, campaign. Goodbye! Oh, no, no. <laughs> Bye, guys. No, you don't Bye. need that. The Jair Show has been canceled. Oh, yep. damn it. Canceled again see by for, Twitter. See you for Pretty Pretty Princess. All right, Chris. Thanks, at thanks this point on, here, guys. I would like you to take the first six seconds and just clip it. Please and thank you. Good uh, night. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you so much. This was absolutely wonderful. Bye. Yeah, bye. Oh, yo, 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 yo,